Good morning. We're at the very bottom of Chav Gimel Amud Beis uh, 23b. Amar um, Rava, last line. Amar Rava, Rava said, Afogav de Tanya Shmuel. Even though we um, had a refutation for the words of Shmuel, the halacha is still like Shmuel, who said that you can put the tefillin under your headrest when you go to sleep at night, even when your wife is with you. My taima, what is the reason for this? Now we're on Chavdalam Benalav 24a. Ko linitarinhu tfei adif. Whatever you do to protect the tefillin is even more important than not disrespecting the tefillin. So putting it under your headrest is perfectly fine. Now, where exactly are you supposed to place it? Amar Biyarmiya, Biyarmiya said, put it between the pillow and the mattress. Shalok Negarosho, just not exactly where your head is, right? Your pillow is bigger than your head. Put um, the tefillin under your pillow where your head is not directly placed. That you can put the tefillin in a little bag under your headrest, which would seem to imply that you could actually put it directly under your head, meaning put it under your pillow, but directly under your head. So we answer, We say, no, you put the you put the bulge of the pouch or the bulge of the little bag that you're using, the bulge, which is where the tefillin would be, would actually be not directly under your head. We're now going to look at some different ways people... Um, Store their tefillin overnight. Barkapara tsayer lehu bechilta. Barkapara would wrap his tefillin in the curtain that would surround his bed. Umapik lemor shahon lavar and would place the bulge of the pouch um, outward facing. Rav Shisha braid Rav Idi manach lehu ashar shefa. Rav Shisha, the son of Rav Idi, would place the tefillin on a stool. Ufar sudra ilavayu and then would place a <clears throat> then we we'll place a sheet over it. Rav Hamnuna, Rav Yosef, Rav Hamnuna, the son of Rav Yosef, said, "Zimna chada hava keimna kamei the Rava." One time I was in front of Rava. V'amrli, and he said to me, "Zil aisili tefillin, go and bring me my tefillin." Ashkechetinu bein karilakeses, and I found it between the pillow and the mattress, shalokenegad rosho, but not directly under where his head would be. And I knew that the night before had been an immersion night for Rav, um, for um, Rava's wife. And Rava was trying to teach me a practical point in Jewish law that even if you are with your wife, you can place the tefillin under your pillow um, as long as it's not directly under uh, under your head um, to store it at night. Okay, So Rav Yosef, the son of Rav Nechunya, asked Rav Yehuda. Um, we're about halfway down in the narrow lines. If two people are sleeping in the same bed. Now it's important to remember when people would go to sleep at night, they would back then, this is a little, this is an interesting cultural point or historical point is people used to sleep without clothes on because they wouldn't want to wear out their clothes. So if two people, and uh, you know, it was also much more likely that two pe that people were going to share beds than nowadays. So two people were sleeping in the same bed, and obviously they weren't wearing any clothes. This would be two men. What is the halacha about one of them about one turning the other way 
and saying Shema, Vizeyachzer Panava Yikrakriashma, and this one will turn the other way and say Shema. However, their rear ends would still be touching. So what is the halacha about that? Is that allowed to say Shema in such a matter? Amarle. Um, so Rabbi Yehuda answers, he said to him, Hachi Amar Shmuel, this is what Shmuel said, Vafilo Ishto Imo, you can even do this even if it's your wife in bed with you, um, even if it's your wife in bed with you. Maskifla Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef asked on Shmuel's point, Ishto Velomi Baya Acher, what Shmuel seems to be saying is that you can do it, this, even if it's your wife, and then certainly you can if there's another man in your bed. Adraba, but that's not true. On the contrary, ishto kagufa, we say that a woman's body is like your own body, and therefore that would be permissible, it would be all right. But achir lav kagufa, but somebody else's body is not like your own body, and therefore it would be prohibited to say shema in this type of manner. So Shmuel's, so Shmuel's point is actually not true, and the only one you could do this with is with your wife in your bed. Mesve. And now we have a question on Shmuel's ruling. If two people are sleeping in one bed, um, this one can turn his can turn to the others the, the other way and say Shema, and this one can turn the other way and say Shema. Betanya and yet we have a different brisa that says, Hayashem someone sleeping in a bed, Uvanov and his sons or other people of his home are sleeping next to him. Again, without clothes on. This would all be without clothes on. Harizelo Yikrakriashma, you actually may not say Shema. Elohim Kain Hayasatalis Mafsekes Benehan, unless you had some sort of cloak separating between the between um between your body and someone and the other person's body. Vi'im Hayu Banabubeve Sokitanin. However, if your sons or the members of your home were minors, so not not of legal age, mutar, then it is all right to say Shema, even if you don't have any barrier between you. So, Bishlam al Rav Yosef Lokasha. This is understandable according to Rav Yosef, who says that the only one that you're allowed to say Shema next to is your wife. Um, then we don't have a problem. Haba Ishto, the first Braisa, which allowed one to say Shema with your back against uh, with one's back against the other person, um, that would have been in the case of one's wife. Habaacher, whereas in this second price, which we just quoted, which required a barrier between the two the, between the two people, that would be referring to somebody that's not your wife, and that's why you need the barrier. So all is well according to Rabbi Yosef, who differentiates between one's wife and anybody else. But according to Shmuel, Kasha, we still have a question. How do we reconcile the contradiction between these two brisos? Because according to Shmuel, both for one's wife or for another person, you're allowed to say Shema without a barrier. So how do we understand the other brisa that says that you need that barrier? So Amr Shmuel, Shmuel will tell you as follows. Yosef Even according to Rav Yosef, is this, is this contradiction understandable? Is this Can this contradiction be reconciled? The Hatan... Hatanya, didn't we learn in a brisa? Hayayashemamita, and if one was sleeping in a bed, uvanav uvenebesobamita. Now we're quoting the second brisa, and it says that if one's sleeping in a bed, and one's sons or the members of one's home 
are in the bed with him. Lo yikr kriya shema, you cannot say shema. Elim ken hayesot tali soma afsekes benein, unless there's a barrier, unless there's a cloak between them. Now, what's the? How does Rav Yosef understand this? It cannot be. This seems to teach you from the fact that it said it talks about the members of the household, which certainly include one's wife. This seems to say that even one's wife, you cannot say Shema next to unless there's a barrier between you. So, if that's the case, we cannot say that this is referring to others, and the other brisa which allows it is referring to one's wife, because this brisa seems to say that even one's wife it would be prohibited to say Shema without the cloak between them. Rather, what must you say? That one's wife, according to Rav Yosef, is actually a dispute between Tanayim, that two different brisas hold different things about one's wife. So according to me also, in other words, according to Shmuel, he'll also say that, that there is a dispute between Tanayim, between two different brisas, and, it's a, and the dispute is about everybody, not just one's wife. So Shmuel is not any more um, is not any more caught in this um, contradiction in this machlokas in this dispute between brisas than Rav Yosef is. Okay, now we're going to talk more about this um, about these words about when you can say Shema um, lying naked in the bed with somebody else. Amar So we're going to quote the brisa. We said this person can turn his face and say Shema. But wait a minute, isn't there a problem that the people's rear ends are touching? Um, so seemingly this is a proof for Rav Huna. Dumb Rav Huna, Rav Huna says, The rear ends are not a problem of erva, of nakedness. In the Torah, there's a problem of touching nakedness or of seeing nakedness while involved in a um, in a religious act, and in general, there's a, a prohibition against seeing somebody's nakedness, um, the nakedness of someone of the opposite gender. So what we're saying is, is this would seemingly be a proof for Rav Huna that a rear end is not considered nakedness, according to the Torah, and therefore, two men's nakedness can be touching, um, and they can still say Shema. Leibim Asayli Rav Huna, now seemingly, let's say, the following is a support for Rav Huna. We say that a woman can sit and take off chala while not wearing anything. So she's sitting on the floor and she can take off chala while not saying any well while not wearing anything. Um, taking off chala is when, a, when somebody bakes chala, they have to take off a portion of it and give it to the Kohen. Nowadays that we don't give it to the Kohen, we instead burn it. But there's a but that's a there's a blessing recited when doing this mitzvah, so it's obviously involved in a holy type of thing. You're being involved in a holy type of thing, yet we're saying you can do it even though a woman can do it even though she's not wearing anything, as long as she's sitting on the floor. And the reason is is because she can cover her her um her face here that's what it's called here her genitalia with the um bakarka in the floor meaning there's a way for a woman by crossing her legs that that her her genitalia will not be exposed avaloha ish but a man cannot do this because a man's genitalia will still be exposed and therefore it would be a problem to recite a blessing in such a fashion but the assumption here is is although the genitalia are not exposed um, the woman's rear end is exposed, and yet it still says you can still say the blessings. So that would seem to be a proof for Rafuna that the rear end is not considered nakedness according to the Torah. 
So we answer no. Tergamar of Nachmar Yitzchak, Nachmar Yitzchak interprets this in a bit of a different way. Kigon Shahayu Paneha to Chospakarka. We're talking about a scenario where her rear end is actually kind of embedded in the floor. The floor is a little bit uh, is a little bit softer, and her rear end ends up being covered, and therefore it's anyways not a problem of nakedness because it's covered. But we do not have a proof one way or the other as to whether the rear end of a person is considered nakedness. Okay, Omar Mar. Um, we're quoting from the Bryce that we spoke about already. If your sons or the members of your household are minors, now until what age are they considered minors? Omar of Chista says, for a girl, it's um, up until three day, years and one day old. And for a boy, it's up until nine days, nine years and one day old. And some say that's not true. A girl is, um, is, becomes a non-minor for these issues, for these, types of, for these types of questions. When she turns 11 in one day, and a boy is for when he turns 12 in one day. But both of them, but for both of them, really, although we give ages, it's really not until they turn that age, but also their breasts have developed and their hair has grown. In other words, they begin to show signs of puberty. Amar Rav Kahana Ravashi, Rav Kahana said to Ravashi, Hasam Amarava, in the case of the tefillin under your head at night, Rava had said, even though there was a refutation of the opinion of Shmuel, the halacha still follows Shmuel. Hachamai, what is the halacha here when it comes to um, two people turning their faces from each other but their rear ends still touching? Is the halacha also like Shmuel that that is allowed even when one is even when one is with one's wife? Amar Leirav, um, Meaning, can you say Shema in such a way? Omar Le, so Rav Kahana answered, Atu kulu Are you weaving all of these together? Meaning, just because we say the halacha is like Shmuel in one case, it doesn't mean the halacha is like him in a different case. El etmar etmar, rather, where it was stated the halacha follows Shmuel, then, then there the halacha follows Shmuel. But where it was not stated the halacha follows Shmuel, then it was not stated, and the halacha is not necessarily like Shmuel. So we over here, there's never no one's ever said the halacha is like Shmuel, so we cannot assume the halacha is like Shmuel. Okay. New question. Omar of Mary, Rav Papa, of Mary asked Rav Papa, say our mahu. If one's pubic hair came out of one's garment. So now this person has pubic hair coming out of his garment or her garment. Are you allowed to say Shema um, in front of that person? Or is that considered nakedness and therefore you would not be allowed to? So the answer, Kara Aleha, Sayar, Sayar. So Rav Mary answered, um, Rav Mary answered, hair, hair, meaning it's no big deal. That's not, that's not a big deal, uh, pubic hair coming out of a garment to be considered nakedness. Um, okay, Amar B'Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, Tefach B'Isha Erva, a handbreadth um, of exposure of a woman is considered nakedness, so this would be an area that would otherwise be covered, so a handbreadth of that area that is now exposed is considered nakedness, and you cannot say, you cannot do religious things in front of it, in front of her. Lamai, 
so now for what halacha was this stated? So I just told you about religious things, but I was um, I was uh, premature. Okay, so for what for what was this stated, and what context was this stated? If you're going to tell me that it was about not being allowed to stare at that at the exposed hand breath of a woman, that can't be. The Hamar Rav Sheishas didn't. Rav Sheishas says. Why did the verse list the jewelry of the outer jewelry together with the inner jewelry? Um, this is talking about the spoils of the Midianites, of the, the Jewish people took from the Midianites after defeating them in war. And there it's mentioned different types of jewelry. Jewelry that's worn on the outside and jewelry that's worn um, on, uh, on covered places. So why are those brought together? Why are those mentioned together? Lomar Lecha, in order to tell you. It's to tell you that anybody that stares at the little finger of a woman, it's as if you stared at the um, genitalia of a woman. So this would seem to teach you that it doesn't make a difference where you're staring. It's not, if you're staring for, for, for reasons of pleasure, then it is prohibited. And... Um, and therefore, it cannot be that this is what Rabbi Yitzchak was referring to when he talked about a tefach being exposed, being considered nakedness. Rather, it must be referring to um, a woman, but your, I'm sorry, your wife, and for Shema, that if your wife has a handbreadth of herself that's not usually exposed, exposed, you're not allowed to say Shema around her. Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, Shok erva. The thigh of a woman is considered nakedness. Shenemar, as the verse says, Galei shok, ivri naharos, expose the thigh, cross the rivers. Uchsiv, and right after that it says, Tegal ervaseich, vegam tera echer paseich. Your nakedness will be exposed, and your embarrassment will be seen. Um, so that's the thigh of a woman is considered nakedness. Amar Shmuel Shmuel says, Kol isha erva, the singing voice of a woman is considered nakedness. Shenemar, as the voice says, Ki kolecha reva marech noveh. Your voice is sweet and your look is beautiful. So we see that the singing voice is an object of desire. Amar of Shesha of Shesha says, Sayar be Isha Erba, the hair of a woman is considered nakedness. Your hair is like a flock of goats. In the context, it's considered very, um, very uh, beautiful. Very, but not 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 just beautiful. It's considered very um, provocative. So um, now, obviously, that th this is the discussion about um, women covering her their hair. This is part of that discussion. Um, so not all women's hair is considered nakedness. This would be a reference to women that cover their generally cover their hair, which would be a reference to married women. This is a new topic. Um, we are. At the last colon, I'm sorry, the second to last colon before the end of the page is about five or six lines up from the end of the page. Amar says, I saw Rebbe hang his tefillin on a peg. say they asked on this, It says that somebody that hangs their tefillin, um, their life will be suspended. And the interpreter of verses says, And your life will be suspended from in front of you. And this is a reference to somebody that hangs their tefillin. So how can you say that Rebbe did such a thing? It's not a question. Where we say that it's prohibited, that's if you hang it by the strap. 
But perhaps what Rebbe did was hang it by the box. If you want, I can say, whether you're hanging it by the strap or whether you're hanging it by the box, it's going to be prohibited. But when Rebbe did it, he hung it from its pouch. So meaning the pouch was hanging, and that would be allowed. But if that's the case, why was this novel? Why did we even bother teaching the fact that Rebbe did this? It doesn't seem to be a big deal. So we answer, you may have thought you may have thought that it would require to be placed down. It cannot be hung like a Torah is required to be placed. It cannot be hung. Kamash Malan, therefore, we're teaching you that it's actually allowed to hang to fill in, um, as long as you're hanging it from its pouch. We will stop here for today. We talked about um, proper placement of the fill in, which then brought us to um, proper recital of Shema, when you're not allowed to say Shema, when you are. In what scenarios? We talked about nakedness, what is considered nakedness, what is not considered nakedness. Um, and then we talked about um, the uh, hanging of the tefillin. We'll stop here for today. Have a wonderful day.